You're listening to the American Window Cleaning Magazine podcast, brought to you by Ettaray, the standard of performance since 1936. Exciting episode today. We have DJ Carroll from Louisville, Kentucky with us today. Uh, it's going to be a super show. You're going to want to pay attention. DJ's always dropping knowledge, and uh, we're hoping that he does so today. DJ, thanks for coming on board today. Really appreciate uh, you taking some time out, being with us today, and uh, discussing some things. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me on, buddy. No problem. So, man, you're a busy guy. So you've got uh, you're a keynote speaker, motivational speaker. You're a coach. You do some advertising for different firms and things like that. And then you run a pressure washing company. So when do you sleep? Uh, about five <laughs> to six hours every night. It's, it's pretty important. So I, I try to get it in uh, pretty regularly. Try to try to stick to a pretty tight schedule. Yeah, very good. What's uh, if if you you know a lot of us have multiple things going on, many irons in the fire. If you had to hone in on one thing and say, you know what, this is just really my passion. I love doing this. It may not, it maybe it doesn't pay the best at this point in time, but this is what I love. What would it be? You know, um, I remember in school they used to always say, um, you know, the way that you find your passion is you pick that thing that. If money wasn't an object, you never had to worry about money. What's the one thing you would do for free for the rest of your life? And so um, it's this, man, either being in front of camera or, you know, being on stage. Being on stage is just absolutely amazing. There's there's no other feeling in the world like that. Uh, I know I'm one of those weird people that statistics say that 99% of, uh, of Americans are more afraid of public speaking than death. Uh, but for me, it's just not true, man. I, I get jacked up. I love speaking. I've spoke gosh, probably, I've probably been on stage close to 50 times. Uh, and you know, I couldn't even tell you hundreds of videos that I've done. Uh, because honestly, Mike, it's not even about just the speaking side. It's for me, it's, I just think it's so cool that I can take a concept or an idea or something that I've learned. I can transition that into words project it out to someone, they can then receive it into their mind and then actually put it into action in real life and then that create positive change either in their business, uh, their finances, you know, their relationships, maybe their environment, um, any of the things that you know I could affect what I, what I call the pillars of life. Uh, to me, man, there's just no greater gift on earth. I, I really believe that um, I was gifted by you know, God, the universe, whoever it may be, my upbringing, uh, to, to be able to communicate with people, be a likable person, and then give them the knowledge that you know I've, I've just been able to obtain. So if I had to pick one thing to do that I'm super passionate about, it's, uh, it's just being able to help people through you know, communicating with them, either via stage or... Thankfully, you know the internet and and, uh, yeah. and cameras. Yeah, well, good. That's uh, that's that's good. Um, I've seen you speak uh, several times. You do a nice job with that, and uh, keep keep the uh, audience engaged. And uh, yeah, it, you're a fun speaker. So your um, business that you have uh, there, your pressure washing business. I've seen a recent post by you that said, you know. Um, at first, I, you know, I really didn't necessarily have it figured out. I was kind of going through the motions, and then, then finally, you know, something clicks. And I think that's the way it is for a lot of uh, uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, and you might agree with me or disagree, but I think that there is this. Uh, I try to tell guys all the time. You know, you you hear all the uh, the systems and the millionaires and all this stuff, 
And what kind of gets left out of the picture is, because it's not very glorious, is in the beginning, there is a grind. There is a grind that you go through, and sometimes you don't have all the pieces figured out, but you're still grinding it out. And then hopefully at some point that magic light bulb moment comes on. But it's real. I mean, it's real having to put those pieces together in the beginning. Absolutely, man. You know, and it's um, it's a grind in the beginning. But fuck, man. I think it's, it's it never stops being a grind if <laughs> if you truly like have it in your heart because um, you know that's the power of being able to create something, right? Which is what entrepreneurs do. Um, I, I truly believe that problems are solved because of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, normally. And, you know, I, I'd say all the times, right? Because Bruno Burchard says, if you're going to say right. all the time or everything, bring me, be prepared to bring me a list. Um, so for, for most people um, that work that nine to five job, their mindset is just is in a completely different place. And now, listen, I really, I'm really in the same ballpark as, as Gary Vee when he says that, you know, entrepreneurship, sure, you can learn it, right? There's skill sets that you need to be able to learn, but there's certain innate traits um, that people are born with. And William Marston taught us this, uh, which, you know, he, I talk about that stuff in my, in my uh, personality training uh, seminars, but there's certain things that you're born with. We all have a, a genetic makeup and, and personality styles. And so for me, I think I'm very blessed with the, the right personality style. I got a good set of chops that I can, I'm a good salesperson. That's very, very important. Um, and you know, the, the grind that you talk about and it, you do this thing for so long. Um, and then like one day you're like, wait, the clouds clear. And you're like, I can see it now. <laughs> I understand what I need to be able to do. Um, and I tell people all the time, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the biggest thing that holds people back is because if you don't know of a problem, how could you possibly ever expect yourself to know the solution to the problem that you don't even know exists yet? And so, you know, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, when they, they get started into something, and, you know, whether it be power washing or window cleaning or, you know, making, donuts it doesn't matter uh whatever you get started in you don't realize that it's going to take some time unless here's the key unless you have so much capital that's backing you that you literally just throw money at your problems okay right that was probably the first breakthrough that i realized was that if i made money some problems go away. Like if you don't want to do invoicing, accounts receivables, accounts payables, and I see guys complaining about this all the time. Like oh, I can't keep up. I'm working all day, and I'm coming in the office all night. Hire somebody. Pay somebody 15, 16, 17, 18 bucks an hour to do your bookkeeping on a freelance basis, and and let them work 15 hours a week, and that problem's gone. But what mm -hmm. most people do is because they bring their broke mentality from being an employee or, you know, like I started my first business straight out of high school, but it's like that same mentality of like that blue collar working class family of like you live in scarcity. Like there's, there's never enough money. Like we're, we're one disaster away from the lights getting shut off. They bring that mindset into entrepreneurship and it doesn't work, man. It like, mm -hmm. that is where I see a lot of guys screwing up is because and, you know, we're in a PC world now, so guys and gals. But it's uh, I, I see a lot of people screwing up because they don't want to spend the money, um, but they don't realize that that's what makes the problems go away. So, yeah. you know, some of that proverbial grind that we talk about could dissipate if people would just 
stop having that broke mentality um, and realize that the freedom of entrepreneurship is you have uncapped potential. Um, you know, I, I just think those are a few things that a lot of people, when they get into business, they don't realize. I had a guy, for instance, call, uh, you know, I do like 15 minute free coaching calls, uh, a one time call. If you've never talked to me before, you know, I'll do a, a 15 minute deep dive with you, try to help you out. It's just my way of giving back. I didn't have anybody like that when I was starting, so I kind of want to be that person for other people. The mm -hmm. guy started, he worked at a factory job for two years. Um, he was just starting his power washing business. He, he was going full time this year. And he, and he told me something, Michael, and, and this is really important because if your listeners are, are catching themselves saying this, it's kind of a red flag. He said, DJ, I'm great if you put the power washing wand in my hand. I'm a great cleaner, man. I, I can, I'm, I'm fantastic. But when it comes to like sales and marketing and like doing the books and all that, like, I'm just, ah, man, I don't know. That's scary when I hear that from people because <laughs> what I'm hearing there is that you're really, really good and really happy with being a technician, but you're not good at being a business owner. Right. And you're trying to force yourself to be a business owner. Um, and so that's where some of that self-awareness stuff comes in. And, you know, it's always tough because when you hear that, you don't want to shit on a guy's dreams, right? I tell him, like, hey, man, you might want to partner up with somebody or look at some different options. But uh, it's super important to just just understand who you are and, and what makes you happy and what makes you passionate and um, understand that it's not for everybody, but I highly encourage everybody to try it. <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's delve into that little problem there that you mentioned just for a second to give kind of a, a real life uh, example here, because there is a mentality out there that exists that uh, just a guy. Let's let's just take the office person, for instance, and a, 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 I don't want to call it a small time mentality, but just a, a, a mentality that, that exists for guys that start out is they naturally want to do everything themselves because they think that they will make more money that way, right? They, they get to keep the whole nut. But I've always kind of encouraged, you see if you agree with this, but let's just say a business is doing $100,000 a year. And let's just, for all giggles and laughs purposes, let's just say there's a $100,000 nut there. We won't consider expenses and all that. So just there's $100,000 there. Yeah, just easy, easy money. All right. And you have a guy, a person that you could put in the office for, say, 10000 a year. Most people will look at it and they'll think, well, if I do it all myself, I keep the hundred. And what they fail to realize is what they really paid themselves to do that work was 10000 which they're worth way more than, right? It's the same thing as a technician. If I go out and I could have paid a guy $15 an hour to do the work and I was billing $85 an hour, I only made 15 an hour because that's what I could have, you know, that's what my could have done the work or subbed the work to somebody else for. That's all I made. Everything else was mine to begin with, <laughs> right? The, the $85 was mine anyway. I was going to make that anyway because I'm the business owner. So there's a, there is a mentality of not wanting to give up that 15, but if you don't, um, first of all, you'll never scale. You just won't. You can't. Uh, there, there won't be enough sustainable margin in the whole thing for you to scale up. And eventually, that, or not even eventually, that's just all you'll be. And if that's your business model, that's great. But if you're wanting to scale, you're wanting to put people on, you got to be willing to give up some of that nut. And that's, I think that's you. So you just tapped into what I was going to catch you on there is, it depends on what you want. 
Yeah. That's like, no, I don't, I don't think anyone ever sits down and has that conversation with themselves. Honestly, you're like, you do a lot of things. When do you sleep? Listen, man, I probably 10 to 15 hours a week. I spend in complete isolation, just thinking. And I know it sounds crazy and like, they're probably going to like come haul me away one day, but um, (laughs) because to me, I can run so many different scenarios in my mind um, and figure out if they're good moves or not. I think people don't do that. And, and that's a level of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm at a level in my life where I'm at a level in a stage of consciousness where I can do hours and hours of thinking, planning out different scenarios, running different, um, you know, it's, it's almost like programs, like layers and layers of programs is our life. And so I'll run layers and layers of programs and I'll say which ones work and which ones don't. And I would rather figure it out up here then try to go do it in real life because I can do it a lot faster in my head than I can in real life. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think people do that. Now, I don't think that's their fault. I don't. I just think that self-awareness, consciousness, mental health, things like that, they're starting to become more popular, but especially like in a blue-collar type of industry, which is like power washing. And, you know, I was in lawn and landscaping was my first business. Um, you know, we grew that to $3 million in revenue and sold it in 2016, but, you know, before we got into the power washing. But, it was never like, what are you talking about, dude? You're getting too touchy feely for me, right? Like I'm just a blue collar guy. We just, we just fucking work. Um, I think the challenge is everybody was like caught on this like life purpose and what I want to do. They don't ever spend any time actually figuring that out, right? Like when somebody comes to me, and they're like, DJ, I don't know what I want out of life. I'm like, all right, how many hours have you spent actually thinking about it? Oh, I don't know. A lot of times what they do is they get caught thinking about just like what they don't have. They get stuck just thinking about their current situation, their current scenario versus playing different levels that they could go to. So to your point, if you want to be the one man band, and in my personal opinion, I think the most profitable, okay, and we'll have to talk about this, but the most profitable business model in exterior cleaning, meaning power washing, roof cleaning, the soft washing, all that kind of stuff, I truly believe the most profitable business model is being self-employed. So, you know, going from being an employee to self-employed, that's the most profitable when we're talking about percentages, right? Because you're Mm -hmm. doing it all yourself. And and here's where I really love it is that if if you're the kind of guy that, you know, you hate your job, it's dead-ended, your wife is already at home taking care of the family, you guys can team up together and work in the business together. And, you know, you can do 150 to 175000 a year and then take home probably close to 100 to 120 of that. So, mm-hmm. and, and have the time freedom of being an entrepreneur. Like, if you don't want to work for a week, you just don't put anything on schedule for a week. But I, I, I caution people because those 15-minute phone calls I was telling you about that I have, here's what I get a lot of. Hey man, I've been working a job for the past two years. We're crushing it. We did like eighty thousand dollars last year. You know, me and, a, and me and a helper, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a, a crew. And actually, I'm thinking about launching two crews this year. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not even you haven't even done a full year in business on your own, and you're talking about like launching crews and having employees. It's like, do you have an employee manual? Oh no. Do you have all your systems documented? No. Do you have all your processes? Do you know all your vendors? Do you know how you're going to do your accounting, your purchasing, your AP, your AC? Like there's so much to it. And I think there's just a lot of noise out there right now. That's like, you got to grow. You got to grow. You got to grow. Dude, business is a long-term game. This entrepreneurship, you can play this until you're like 80. 
Like, this mm-hmm. isn't like the NFL where at 30, you're old, ragged, wore out. Like, I'm 30, and I'm just getting started in this stuff. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they get caught up in this mix of, like, you got to grow, you got to grow, you got to grow, that they're like, okay, let's just do it. And they, what happens is they start growing an unprofitable business. And that's yeah. a very, very slippery slope to get on. Here's the trick. We live in a world now that because of the internet, just like what we're doing here, I mean, I'm in my office. I, I don't even, where, where are you guys based out of? Uh, Illinois, Bloomington, Illinois. So we're not far from you. Okay, so yeah. State Farm headquarters. We do a lot of work with yeah. State Farm, but you know, it's, we're able to connect like this. Okay. I probably have seven meetings a week, just like this with my team all over the place. We've got people in Indonesia, we've got copywriters in the UK. We have people local here in Louisville that I'll meet with like this because it's faster than trying to actually set up a meeting and have them come to the office. So what what my point is, is like that $10,000 a year girl in the office could actually maybe be a $4,000 a year girl that works from home. Absolutely. And so, you know, people have to start looking at how you can use all the resources around you. Um, I, I like this analogy. Don't be the caveman that's the only one without fire. Yeah. Right? Like, don't be that last guy to adapt. It's like, no, I like eating raw food. It's like, no, nah, bro, you probably should cook the shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> you have to be able to use all your tools around you. That's, to me, that's like step number one of being a successful entrepreneur is using all of your resources. Yeah. What, uh, so you, yeah, good, good. So you're, you're, um, you talk about, uh, coaching a lot. And when, when guys, uh, come to you and, and maybe let's just let's just play a scenario. Let's say, hey, everything's going really well. Um, you know, maybe they're at that hundred to two hundred thousand dollar mark in their business, and they're they're wanting to kind of you know move along, move it up to get up to that half a million dollar range. What's the process for coaching? I mean, what you know, coaching gets a bad rap. Of and a lot of, a lot of people, oh, you're, you know, I know that uh, in my business when I had it. Um, I, I kind of maybe had that negative attitude towards coaching too until the last four years. And then once I started talking to some people and I started getting some more well-roundedness, it really like opened up uh, some things. So what can a coach do for somebody, I guess is the question. What, what, what do you, yeah. So, so I actually, just because of my workload, I, st- I used to do long-term coaching, like six month commitments, nine month commitments, 12 month commitments. Um, now, because of my time commitments in my business, um, I'm not, I don't have that um, capacity anymore. So I just do like one off, we call them timeouts. So it's a timeout mm-hmm. with coach, um, much like a reason a, a business, you know, a team would call a timeout to swing momentum. Maybe you're stuck somewhere. But when I used to do long-term coaching, um, you know, a lot of times I would tell people about the story of my first coach, you know, Chuck Power was my very first sales coach. I was 21 years old. Um, I remember I, I had started my business and um, actually, when I was 19, I went on YouTube and I was like, I got to figure out how to sell. Like, I, like I'm going door to door, but there's got to be a better way. So I went to YouTube University and, uh, you know, I'm on there and I'm searching, you know, how do you sell, sales tactics, sales training. And I find Chuck. Chuck became a, a really good mentor of me for probably about five years. We worked together um, and he was like a thousand dollars a month. And I remember at the time he was like, you know, it's, it's six six thousand dollars. We just bill it to a credit card. Everything's due in advance. And I, I felt like <laughs> such a loser, Michael. Honestly, because I had to tell this guy, I was like, I'm 21, man. I don't have a credit card with six thousand dollars on it. 
Like I didn't have I didn't have the credit limit of six thousand dollars to give the guy. Right. And so we did post dated checks, six of them for a thousand dollars a month. He let me do it. But what I learned from that man, like I can't even tell you the multiple that I returned off of it. It's the same thing with a book, right? And so that's when people are like, Oh, you're coach Carol, you do a lot of coaching. I really don't do a lot of coaching as the traditional sense of like, hey, we're going to have a session, I'm going to coach you. Because to me, if I make a video, I'm coaching. If we're doing this, I'm coaching. And it comes from all the sports that I played in school of like, your coach's job is to one, get in your ass, get you up, get you rolling, get you hustling. Like that's number one. Because if you don't have that ambition and that drive, dude, you can have all the skills in the world. You can have all the talent in the world, uh, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to achieve or out achieve the guy that's gonna hustle you, right? There's that mm-hmm. saying that um, uh, talent. No, let's see, hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. And mm-hmm. so I live by that. So like that was like always my first thing. The second thing is a coach is gonna give you a good coach is gonna give you new skills. So like new skill sets. And so that may be like for sales training, for instance, that might be new prospecting skills, right? Um, we have a thing, I, I, I found, I love giving out nuggets, so I'll give this one out. I found a, um, a new thing called slide broadcast the other day, like four cents of voicemail. We sent out like 900 of them, cost me like 40 bucks. And you know, we got like 12 jobs in off of our current book of business. And I was like, yo, that is sweet, right? And so like giving new tools, new strategies, new tactics, things that you can implement in your business, that's the second most important thing in my opinion for coaching. Lastly is what most people need more than anything and that's accountability. Yep. Because as an entrepreneur, a lot of times we don't have anybody to hold ourselves accountable. Often we might look to like our wives or our girlfriends or our fiancés or significant others, the problem is those people love you and the people that love you have a really, really hard time holding your feet to the fire mm-hmm. because they, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to offend you. Um, so a coach or an accountability squad is an absolute must uh, for entrepreneurs. And so for me, you know, getting you fired up, getting you ready to go and hustle and firing up that ambition and that drive giving you new skills, and then ultimately holding you accountable. Those are the three things, and it doesn't matter if you hire me, you hire a, a million, there's a million other coaches out there. Look for those three things. Check references. So like, you want to make sure they've actually worked with some clients and got some really good results. And then if you got all of that, pull the trigger because mm-hmm. nobody, I mean nobody, they can take your house, they can take your clothes, they can take your vehicle. Nobody can take anything from the inside of here. Yeah. And so once you work with a coach and you get that stuff, it's almost like the matrix. Remember like the, these like go on that machine, and like download the programs. That's what coaching does. Yeah. Um, and so I just wish that people didn't have the stigma. Here's the last thing, Mike, I'll kick it back to you. Here's the, the number one challenge that I see with people that don't move forward with coaching has nothing to do with the coach. It has everything to do with their lack of belief in themselves. Yeah. There's, there's something too, to be said about, you know, I I like to, you you mentioned sports and a coach or, you know, a a trainer or or however you want to position it. Um, I'm pretty sure that Tiger Woods coach or his, his, even his uh, instructor that he is with, I'm pretty sure Tiger Woods can beat him on the golf course. Oh yeah. 
All right. But that's not what it's about. The coach is not about whether you can perform the the job task better than the guy that's doing. Because I hear that that negativity. I'll hear it say, well, he can't be a good coach if he never built a business himself. Eh, not necessarily. Tiger Woods' guy is not the best golfer, but what he does do is he's able to make Tiger Woods the best golfer he can be. And again, that's that that's that fine-tuning, that's that looking at stuff from a different perspective, holding their feet to the fire. Uh, you got to putt 100 times today. Well, he knows he needs to putt 100 times today, but if you don't have that guy saying he needs 100, 100 times today, he won't do it, right? And so that's, and, and you're right. Um, you need somebody that'll hold your feet to the fire. And the people and that, that we... I said, check their references. You know, don't yeah. don't look at your, you know, and, and maybe look into the coach, right? Because I mean, I've got my own accolades, so I'll use that, right? But check your references as far as the people. Like, what I want to see, like, if I'm going to hire a coach, I want to see people that's like, oh, I worked with DJ, and in six months, you know, or Chris Cole, for instance, is a guy uh, used to work a uh, sales manager at a, a Cadillac dealership. Within three months, I tr- we had his efficiency increase three hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Outback Gutterback, Ryan uh, Fox, they're down in Atlanta. I started working with them three years ago when they were just starting to get into the business, and they're going to probably get a million dollars this year. Um, those are the things that you want to see because it's like, you're right. I, I'm not going to look at Tiger Woods' coach and say, well, do you have a green jacket? You know, can you drive 300 <laughs> yards? But I am going to say, who have you coached that can drive 300 yards? <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. But it's it's to bring out the best in them. It's not necessarily that they're the best at doing it. And and a basketball coach or anything else like that, that's not their job. They're not they're not jobs not to go out there and play basketball better than Michael Jordan or somebody else. But it's to make Michael Jordan the best he can be. Right. So yeah, good. So um, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of negativity about coaches, and I think uh, you can you can really benefit and things like that. Um, absolutely. There's negativity around everything. <laughs> like oh, that's true. We, most most people just wake up negative, and that's another thing with entrepreneurship. Like if the, if you can't stay in a positive mindset, you're so because yeah. things go bad every day. Like every single day, some shit's gonna catch on fire. There's dumpster fires going on all over my life. But I can't go, <laughs> there's dumpster fires everywhere. No. What my job is, like, this was the best analogy I'd ever heard. Imagine if your mom and dad was going to put the little kid to bed. And he looked at the little kid and he said, you know, Billy, your dad just got laid off. And uh, I don't think we're going to be able to go to the grocery this week. And we might lose the house. But you sleep tight tonight. Hopefully we'll get it all figured out. You can't do that, man. You've got to be the fearless leader. You got to make sure your team, and most importantly, you got to control this thing inside the six inches between your ears and tell it that everything's going to be okay because you're in control of your life. You determine what happens through action and through thinking out different scenarios that you can play. And that if you're going to be successful, it's up to you and nobody else. Yep, exactly. If you had to give one person, it's springtime, right? Everybody's getting ready. To, if if uh, if you're in the Midwest, maybe it's still a little slow, but out in the, in the southern states, it's starting to get warm. If you had one little marketing nugget to give somebody right now and said, hey, just uh, it's springtime, make sure you're doing this, what would it be? Mm. So... All right. Well, thanks for coming on board today. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm I'm, I'm thinking. Because, you know, here's the thing, Michael, is that 
the guy that's like, because now everybody that's listening, they're like, here's the thing. Uh, if you're year one, two in business, right, you're, you're brand new. Uh, versus 10 years in business is going to be different, okay? Because obviously your marketing budget is going to be different. Um, I'll I, I give you – my one thing is this. Work on your internal book of business, okay? And I've learned this from working with so many of my insurance clients and my ad tech company is like they focus on their current book of business. And every insurance agent you go to, their success of their business is like how big's your book, Right, and so with cleaning and you know window cleaners, power washing stuff, you may or may not have that reoccurring revenue, um, which is like strike number one against the business model. Um, now that I'm like seeing all these different businesses out here, I'm like reoccurring revenue is like a must for me if I'm going to get another business. Um, yeah. But one thing that you have to understand is, I ran around for the first five years, you know, out of high school with my first business with a notepad like this, and like all right. Mrs. Johnson needs her yard cut, do it Thursday. Like Mrs. Johnson's phone number, her address, and I didn't even get an email address back then. So it's like, I don't know where those notebooks are at. So like the first five years of business, I have, I don't even have that client data. So your customer's information, name, phone number, email address, to me, that is the most valuable asset in a business. If I'm looking to acquire a company, we bought a window cleaning company last year, 60% of my decision was made because they had 300 customers in their database. I'm like, cool, that's 300 people we can put into our marketable database. So mm -hmm. that's why I said it's a little different. If you've been in business 10 years, you know, like we've got over 2,000 clients in our database that we can hit with email, we can hit with direct mail, we can hit with these ringless voicemails, we can call them, um, you can, we can pound away because now it grows what's called the LTV, which is the lifetime value of a customer. And so mm -hmm. the more I can grow the lifetime value of the customer, the better my margins continue to get and the lower my customer acquisition costs gets. Um, and Michael, I know you probably know this, but let's explain for the guys that are listening maybe don't understand this. If you have a customer that you paid $10 to acquire and they spend 100 bucks, okay, your customer acquisition cost is $10. But if that customer comes back again and spends another hundred, in my mind, you cut your customer acquisition cost in half. Because I understand some people would argue like, well, no, you still paid 10 bucks to get the guy in the business. But if I can double the revenue I make off of that guy, ideally I could have spent, spent twice as much for him in the beginning. And so I think guys get so caught up because they want to spend like, you know, it blows by. People think you can spend three hundred dollars a month on advertising and have this huge business. It doesn't happen. In the swing of things, in like the season, I'm spending like a hundred to hundred fifty dollars a day on Facebook. We spend about fifty dollars a day on Google AdWords a day. And so most people, that's like three, four thousand dollars a month. It's like, yeah. How much did you think I was going to spend if I'm going to make sixty grand in a month? Like. Mm -hmm. that, people aren't just going to find you to just be finding you. And that's why you see the turnover in business, right? I think right. the SBA has got it wrong when they say that 80% of small businesses go out of business in the first five years due to undercapitalization. I think that statistic is ridiculously skewed. I want to see what the advertising budget was of those companies because I think a lot of people will buy equipment, rent an office, sign a lease, get a truck, you know, get all get shirts made, hats, everything. They're ready to rock and roll, maybe some yard signs, and then they're out of business eight months later, and it's because they spent all that money, but they didn't do anything to tell the market who they were. Grant Cardone right. says all the time, if people don't know you, they can't spend their money with you. And so for me, I'm like – 
advertising and sales solves everything. You should be going, if it's like one thing you should do, it's like sell, 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 sell. Um, from a marketing standpoint, your internal book of business. But lastly, man, I don't have one of my books here, but um, I just released a book called Phenomenal Phone Calls. If you're broke, if you're just getting started out, which means you have more time than you have money, you've got to learn to cold call. Because literally, if you're broke and you don't have any jobs to do, and it's Tuesday, and you, like you're going to either eat Fruity Pebbles and play Xbox <laughs> or dial on the phone, get your ass on the phone because that's where you're going to be able to make things happen. And it's as simple as this. Ring, ring, ring. Uh, yes, ABC Property Manager. Hey, how's it going? My name's DJ with DZ Pro. Look, I know you don't know me, and I know you're super busy. I'm going to be respectful of your time real quick. I was going to swing by there tomorrow and drop off a quote for you guys uh, for your property. Uh, just wanted to make sure the decision maker was going to be in the office. See, what most people do is they go, ABC Property Manager. Yeah, hey, uh, hi. Um, this is DJ uh, with with, with uh, uh, Easy Pro, and I was I was just calling. Um, do you guys need any pressure washing done? Oh, oh no, you don't. Click. Oh, well, I'm not doing cold calling anymore. It doesn't work. Come on, man. Like yeah. because your skills don't work, right? Like that's like trying to cross over in front of Kobe and he steals the ball. You can't just be like, well, I'm not crossing over. Crossovers don't work. No, you're just not as good as Kobe. So cold calling, if I had to say broad spectrum across the the board. I would say cold calling is my go-to thing because if you're broke, everybody's got a phone. Obama will give you one for free. Uh, you can pick up the phone and dial and get customers on the line and find people that need your service. Yeah. You're a wealth of information. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking some time today to be with us. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they like to... Uh, anywhere on social media, hashtag Coach Carroll. Are we done already? We're already out of time? We are, man. We are, so... You're you're just you 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 went uh, you you did it you you covered it. <laughs> I did it. No, you know, um, any, anywhere online, uh, hashtag okay. Coach Carroll um, C A R R O L L. You can find me on any social media platform. Um, just reach out to me and say hey. You know, follow me. I put content out on all the platforms. So um, you know, any anything I can do to help help anybody that's listening. Um, it's my purpose in life, man. Listen, my, my my honestly, my my purpose in life is to build an entrepreneur institute. I want to build a school that kids like me can go to. That when when I was a senior in high school and I decided I didn't want to be a chemical engineer, I wanted to go start my own business. Instead of having my chemistry teacher and my guidance counselor tell me how it was a terrible idea, I wish they could have said, "Hey, here's this X Men school for entrepreneurs." If that's really what you want to do, go over here for 10 weeks, learn the basics, learn what the Federal Reserve is, learn how money works, learn how to build a business plan. That way, you'll, we'll set you up for success. So almost like a, a trade school for business owners and entrepreneurs. That's my purpose. So everything that I'm doing in my early stages of life, man, and, and, and including this here, I appreciate you having me on, is just trying to give out more information to entrepreneurs because the more entrepreneurs that are successful, um, I think the more they can give back and, and the world will become a better place. Well, man, hey, I wish you luck in that, and I uh, appreciate you taking some time to come out with us today and uh, and talk and give some nuggets to the audience. And uh, we'll, we'll have you on again in the future. And uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please uh, feel free to subscribe and also leave a review. And you can read us anytime at awcmag.com.